Hello and welcome to this week's Talking About My Generation. Now, normally we try to cover something related to cartoons, movies, video game or two, something to that extent. This week we're going to do something just a little bit different. Uh, basically in honor of a radio great, a radio personality great, a voiceover great, uh, who passed away on Sunday, June 15th, Father's Day. <laughs> Hello and welcome to American Top 40. I'm Casey Kasem and this is our weekly countdown of the 40 best-selling songs in the nation. We've got three debut records in the survey this week and a brand new number one. We'll hear the latest from the Eagles, Peter Frampton, Helen Reddy, and Barry Manilow. Of the hundreds of singles released every week, these are the 40 most popular songs in America. Mike, what are your thoughts on Casey? I mean, I, I've got a lot of stuff to say, and I don't want to go way over on what you're going to say. He, he well, I, I mean, I he was a pioneer, podcast over. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where Casey Kasem has been in everyone's lives in the past 30 to 40 years. Oh, yeah. He, in some way or another, Casey Kasem has affected you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter your culture, no matter your race, no matter if you have purple skin and te tentacles coming out of you, it doesn't matter who you are. Casey Kasem's voice, whether it be in on the radio, whether it be as characters in voice acting, he has been a part of all of our lives. And oh, yeah. it's just one of those things where... I'm going to get the kind of negativity thing out of the way first. Um, it really irked me. Um, people in general, uh, when he, the, the day he passed away, they were posting, and I, and I know they were going for the funny, and I can kind of roll with the punches as well, but it's like, it's kind of like that, um, I forget which episode it is, and I told you this off air, but the best thing I can I can equate it to is it's a joke too soon, and the only reference I can give people is if you watch Phineas and Ferb, there's an episode where uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's um, Abe Lincoln robot goes haywire, and Doofenshmirtz makes the joke, help me parry the platypus, he's going to John Wilkes my booth. What, too soon? You know, it's the what too soon jokes that, like... Oh, yeah. People were showing uh, the video where, or the a video of the audio clip of him, of Casey going off on his producers of, you know, how to come out of a, a song going into a, you know, a, a dedication. And I know, I know you're going to put it in here somewhere. And We're up to our long distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? 
Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This a god last goddamn time, I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. It's just one of those things that, like, okay, sure, two or three days later after his death, but, the, like, as soon as the news comes out, you post that? Really? Come on now. Have a little bit more taste than that. But Casey, he, um, I remember, listen, I, I've listened to every single piece of Countdown he ever did. Top 40, top 30, top 20, top 10. I, I don't remember, actually, if there was an American top 30. I do remember top 40, 10, and 20. Um, yeah. uh, but... Uh, it was like, okay, when I moved from Massachusetts here to Kentucky in 93, um, until I was no longer given the option, um, when I, uh, I used to listen to it, like, that was Sunday for me. You know, most people go to church, you know, I, I, I just, I've not, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I believe in God. I believe Jesus. I, you know, believe, you know, the, the Christian values and all that stuff. But I'm just not like churches to me and listening to some crusty old white or black guy scream at the top of their lungs about verses out of the Bible. I can just read it myself. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need a, you know, a, you know, falling down building and some guy in his 50s, 60s or 70s telling me how to have a relationship with God. Um, yeah. But uh, so, so Sundays when I was, you know, still living in Massachusetts, that's, you know, Sundays and weeknights were my radio nights. Um, Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings or even Sunday mornings, I, I honestly cannot remember the, for the life of me what part of the day on a Sunday that, that Casey's countdown had run. Um, Sunday was Casey day. And every day during the week at night was Delilah. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Um, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and it's one of those things where Casey's Top 40, the American Top 40, it, you always wanted to be one of those call, or one of those people that wrote in a letter to him. Oh, like, yeah. You know, you always wanted to be a caller on on Delilah, or you know, and I I know Casey's wasn't a call-in show, um, but uh, you know, you you always wanted to hear that and, and see that, and he, if you think about this, have you ever seen Mr. Holland's Opus? Yes. Casey Kasem is the Richard Dreyfus to that movie. Casey Kasem, four different decades of music. This man has has done it all from rock to rap to pop to reggae to to jazz to to ska to to punk rock oh, yeah. anything you can think of Casey Kasem has had a voice in it as far as radio goes um, and he's he's just one of these people that as soon as you hear his voice you know who it is oh it, yeah it's not even like okay we always talk about that back in the day voice actors as kids we didn't pay attention to the names of the voices we cared about the characters whereas nowadays it's we still obviously care about characters i'm not going to say no one cares about the characters people voice obviously we wouldn't be here doing the show if we didn't but yeah <laughs> it, it's one of those things nowadays because of the internet because of all this stuff you can find out that david k is beast wars megatron you can find out that scatman carruthers was uh, Hong Kong Fui and jazz from Transform. You know, you can find out all this stuff now. But back then, because of who Casey was, because he was on the radio, when you heard him as Shaggy, you knew. If you heard American Top 40 and then watched the Scooby-Doo episode, you're like, hey, it's Casey Kasem because he was he, he was a he was a radio personality with his personality out there. Oh, yeah. Um, now. He, I don't know. Go ahead. I, I'm going to kind of go off on that because for the longest time, I did not realize that Casey was shaggy. And this, this, it, you know, it blew my mind when I first found out about this. I'm like, holy crap, he did the voice of shaggy? Where I picked it up 
was when he was voicing Robin on, uh, you know, all the Super Friends, the Batman and Robin Hour and all that. That's where I recognized it and I kind of went, oh my God, I've heard this voice before. Where have I heard it? Because that was my first exposure to Casey Kasem was listening to him on Batman and Robin. And it wasn't until later when he came back to do uh, the top 20 or top 10 or whatever it was that he was doing uh, that I, I heard the voice and I'm like, oh shit, that's him. That's Casey Kasem. And it, it clicked at that point, and I was like, oh, my God, because they didn't, I mean, like, they broadcast him here in on the West Coast, but we had other we had other people that we listened to out here. Uh, you know, we had Wolfman Jack. We had Dick, you know, we didn't, well, we didn't have really Dick Clark as much as Casey Kasem, but we had Wolfman Jack. We had, you know, Alan Freed that was coming out, and, and we were picking up stuff from here. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to say that Casey Kasem wasn't a great radio person. It's just that he was more of an East Coast thing. So I didn't get as much exposure to him until they finally went nationwide with him. And yeah. that was when I first started hearing him. When I first heard on the cartoons, that's what blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, he's still Cliff Jumper, Robin, and... Uh, you know, he's, Shaggy. He's, yes, thank you. God, horrible, horrible to me. I mean, but that's <laughs> who he is to me is because that's where I first heard him. Yeah. You know, so it's... The man was great. The man was definitely great. And, and people will recognize his voice... In a heartbeat, as soon as you hear him, you know who it was. Absolutely. Just, oh my God. (laughs) I mean, he is the quintessential uh, radio personality. I mean, you know, know, people throw around the name like Dick Clark or or even... um, I know for a while I had listened to... um, Rick Dees, which I love Rick Dees. He's an awesome guy. He's he's a great radio personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Rick is kind of in the same boat as, as Casey um, because R- Rick had the weekly top 40 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not making fun of Rick. I mean, I mean he's, he, he's an amazing guy. And some of the things that he showed up in, were just, I mean, I saw him, I think it was, um, I think he was on an episode of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, I think, I think, no, seriously, um, uh, he was on the Flintstones as, as Rock D's, uh, you know, but, I mean, Casey Kasem and Rick D's and and Dick Clark, those three are the three that I kind of... Not so much Dick Clark, but those are the three that I kind of grew up with, you know. No, I mean Dick Clark. I always knew about Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve and all that stuff. Oh yeah, and twenty twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or fifty thousand dollar pyramid. But as far as the radio goes, um, when I was a kid, it was Casey Kasem and, and Rick Dees. It, it just it yeah. just was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, without and without you know people like Casey Kasem and, and people like Dick Clark, we wouldn't have things like American Bandstand. We wouldn't have Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have MTV, you know. Well, well, let me and let me rephrase that. Let me start back before that. Let me say that we wouldn't have the original MTV, okay? Yeah. Where they actually played music videos. <laughs> we wouldn't have any of that. Uh, we wouldn't have had, you know, God. We wouldn't have had uh, Wolfman Jack showing up in uh, American Graffiti. We wouldn't have had any of that without people like Casey Kasem. So oh, it's just. You know, it blows your mind when you stop and think about this. Everything that he went through. And, and let me go ahead and let me give a little bit of history on him. Just a touch here because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about this. Yep. Uh, Casey's real name actually was Kamal Amin Kasem. Uh, he actually was, he's Lebanese, born to Lebanese parents in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he first got his start in uh, Flint, Michigan up there uh for those of you who listen who are up there from flint hey you, you know have something to call from mm-hmm. uh but he he got a start there uh you know he ended up going to korea in 52 uh and he basically was on the armed forces radio korea network so it's kind of doing a good morning vietnam only much much nicer i'm sure <laughs> uh but yeah, Casey was, I mean, he was all through doing a lot of uh, acting roles in early radio dramas. Uh, 
you know, he really put together, and that top 40 was probably his signature thing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got to play this little thing here, which it, it's kind of a nice homage. Uh, this comedian by the name of Frank Caliendo, I'm sure many of you have heard him doing his, uh, his John Madden impressions and such. Uh, he does this little homage here for uh, basically going off on cartoons and Casey Kasem. You can tell Casey Kasem was the voice of Robin in Batman and Robin on the Super Friends because Batman and Robin coming on the crime scene. Batman's like, who could have done this? There's Robin. Look, Batman, there's a letter from the Riddler. <laughs> and he writes... Dear Batman and Robin, it's been a long time since I last saw either one of you. But while I was in prison, I came up with the most diabolical plot of all time. A plot to take over Gotham City and the rest of the world. But I needed a partner. Batman, because I'm the Riddler, I can't tell you who that partner is. But the answer lies in a song from 1974. All right, and I'll just cut that in here. Okay. Uh, all right, Mike. So, so you've heard that we've kind of gone through here. Uh, I know, God, he had some other things where he was doing network TV. Uh, you know, I mean, he had his cartoons mainly, and that was that was where most of us rec- remember him from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mike, I'm going to let you take over a little bit on Scooby Doo because I know that you love Scooby and Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, it's just one of those things where uh, Scooby-Doo is just something I grew up with, and everybody makes fun of it, and everybody makes fun of Scrappy. Everybody doesn't like Scrappy, and but if you think about it, Scrappy is Scrappy is the kid move for that cartoon. Oh yeah, for for kids to get get into it, um, you know. Uh, you know, a spry little, you know, little pup who's who's going to run in without thinking, and that's sometimes what little kids will do. They will run into a situation without thinking, and and uh, Casey as Shaggy was just awesome. Uh, I don't know who, because I'm not looking at the information for Shaggy. I don't know who came up with the character of Shaggy or who created him or anything like that, but. You know, Don Messick, Casey Kasem, and Shaggy and Scoob is just amazing. Even even today, even though Don's not with us anymore. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. I can't. Oh, God. I just I just realized uh, Shaggy and the original Shaggy and Scooby are, are, are eating uh, heaven out of house and home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, you know, even later in you know in in the current day when there was you know uh, Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue, um, there was Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. Uh, where uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, where uh, Casey was um, Shaggy's father, he was Colton Raj. So, so they kind of pulled a. Um, a Thundercats thing where Lionel was, or, or where Larry Kenny was originally Lionel, and then in the new series he came back as his father, King Claudius. But um, I mean, what is so great about about Shaggy is that he Shaggy is the everyman character. Oh yeah. Uh, if you look at Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby, okay, everybody can say, um, why are they questioning? Why aren't they questioning that their dog talks? <laughs> it's make believe people it's animation it's a cartoon it's you know you take uh, Ben Affleck from Chasing Amy fictional characters you know I mean it's like th- these things aren't meant to be real there's you know it's supposed to take your mind off reality um, so you take these five characters you know you take you know Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, Fred and Scooby you take those five characters and I'm sure somebody's going to be a Velma personality, somebody's going to be a Daphne personality, somebody's going to be a Fred personality, but most of us, deep down inside, are probably Shaggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, Seri- 
good. You know, I, I have my thoughts as to Shaggy. You know, I have my theories, and I, I you know, I'm sure you've heard this before, but I've got to mention them. I, I really kind of wonder if Casey was smoking pot when he was doing when he was doing I, Shaggy. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, because no. he he always had the munchies. He'd always run around with Scooby, and you know that would explain so much of why the dog talked and nobody questioned it. Yes, it would have, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hell, Kevin Smith straight out said it. I I, I don't think um, I don't think Casey was doing Shaggy and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but. Um, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, Kevin Smith basically pointed out, I was like, hey, you know, can we have some doobie snacks? And, you know, I said, yeah. so, so they pointed it out, but it's like, okay, you pointed it out, and that's, yeah. that's all well and fine. And, um, but it's just one of those things where I, I honestly don't think so. I, I, I just think if, if you want a logical explanation versus the funny explanation – Shaggy and Scooby run a lot. Oh, yeah. Because they are Freddy dogs. They just are. Um, they're running a lot. They're, they're running from monsters. They're being scared a lot. So they have a lot of adrenaline, you know, moving and shaking in their bodies. So you'd think with, you know, all that exercise that they'd be doing they would want to scarf down a bunch of burgers and everything else what I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what kind of creeped me out about shaggy is um they never i don't think they ever really say that the scooby snacks are dog treats but technically um if you watch a pup named scooby-doo there's an episode where scooby runs out of scooby snacks and they go to the store and they're all out of scooby snacks and we go to the Scooby Snack Factory and you see all these different flavors of dog treats. So that's <laughs> another thing that might be wrong with Shaggy. He's eating dog treats. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it worked for, you know, uh, Riggs's uh, smoking habit in Lethal Weapon 3, but still. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things where, I, you know, I, I really don't want to say too much negative about I, uh, Oh, no. Scooby-Doo is something that we all grew up on. Whether you like it or not now as an adult, that's your choice and your opinion. Um, but Casey created it. You know, Casey worked with what he was given as far as scripts, and his voice crafted the personality of that character and brought it to life. Oh, I know. I mean, even looking at Matthew Lillard, who's come back to really kind of do the voice of Shaggy since... Mm -hmm. Uh, and he does an excellent job, but he even he's admitted he's not Casey Kasem, and he knows it. But yeah. the fact that Casey was willing to, in a way, pass on the torch to him, mm -hmm. it was a great thing, and I'm glad that he's still doing it even now, that he's nailed, he's nailed that down enough to where he sounds close enough to Casey to be able to pull it off. No, it was uh, Matthew James as Shaggy and Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, so I don't know who that is. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Matthew Lillard, as soon as I heard him, I was like, yep, that's that's the new Shaggy. Yeah. Because um, the sad thing, uh, Kaysom, for being as iconic as he is and using his voice, his illness basically took his voice away from him. Yeah. And when I read that, you know, a few weeks ago, a few weeks, originally I started really looking into Casey again when the news popped up that he was missing. Yes. And I started researching it and I started looking into it because I was curious. And I read, I think it was on Wikipedia, or it might have been on IMDb, I don't know. It was somewhere on the internet that because of his illness, he has lost his voice. Or he had lost his voice. And that just. That it that just is so sad that the, oh, yeah. probably the best radio DJ in the land uh, no longer had a voice, and yeah. that uh, the fact that he couldn't talk to anybody, tell him who he was, where he was, mm -hmm. you know, that's just uh, it's it's crazy. But I mean, you know, he's had a. You know, fifth. You know, since the fifties. So I mean, oh, yeah. 
he's been around for a ve- he was around for a very very long time. Um, I think his first ever thing was in '54. He's been around for six de- sixty years, six decades. I, I mean, the man just is amazing. He really is, and there's no one that can tell me that they didn't like listening to any of the countdowns. There's no one that can tell me that as a child you didn't enjoy hearing his voice as Robin or as Shaggy or as Cliff Jumper or as any other character he voiced. Um, you know, you didn't enjoy his character performance with hearing his voice. Now, whether you didn't enjoy that cartoon, that's a whole other thing. But you cannot – no one – on the internet can tell me that they didn't enjoy hearing Kasem's voice in any cartoon he ever did a character for. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I am going to go on record as saying that there was kind of, in my mind, a a little bit of a negative thing with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is going back to Transformers when he was Cliffjumper. Yeah. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. He decided to try and make a protest with like the voices and the uh, fact that they were using more terrorist type things. Cause I think at the time mm-hmm. that they were going through with Lebanese bombings and such and terrorists in the middle East, and they were trying to make jokes of it within transformers mm-hmm. and Casey like blew up about it. And he's like, you know, I, I can't believe you'd do this. I understand him taking a stand, but at the same time, you know, you know there's, there's a line, and you have to draw it, and you have to say, you know what, sometimes I just need to take and make the paycheck, you know, get the paycheck. I'll say what I want to, in a sense, you know, but you have to be tactful. This was him coming out, and he, as far as I'm concerned, he shot himself in the foot by saying, you know, this is absolutely awful, I don't want to do it, and they went and found somebody else to replace him. You know, they got rid of the character, which... But, you know, okay, sure, If but you got to look at it this way. He felt that the producers of the show, that the people in charge of the show, were, you know, doing something that he didn't feel was morally correct. Whether it's true or not that they did it, I, I do know the one thing that that made him walk off the show was the fact that they named the, the, the foreign country Carbamia. Yeah. I do know that. I know that is the one. That is the one thing I do know. As far as anything other else be behind the scenes about foreign accents or anything like that, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, if you're not happy with something, if you you know, if you're not, you know, if you've got a dead end job as a you know cable, <laughs> as a cable uh, phone operator. Uh, dealing with customer service, <laughs> you know, you're gonna go up, you're gonna find another job, and you know, go to the old job and say, take this job and shove it. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, but outside of that, look at what he. Everybody remembers Cliff Jumper. Oh yeah. Because of his voice, regardless of the behind the scenes stuff, everybody remembers that character. Even though a lot of people just say, "Oh, it's a repaint of Bumblebee." Uh, you know, which technically it kind of was in the toys, but, um, you know, I try not to dwell too much on, and I haven't been paying attention to him up until the story about him missing. I, like I said earlier, I didn't know he lost his voice due to his illness. Yeah. I, I and that, you know, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that is so sad. You know, I, I I'm one of these people that even though in the five years that the Geekcast Radio Network has been online, I've talked to several, actually multiple, many, I think we have over 60 interviews total, but I've talked to many, many voice actors and I've gotten to know them. In general, when I'm watching stuff to be entertained, whether it's a movie, whether it's a cartoon or TV show, whatever else, I watch it to find out, you know, okay, sure, I know Casey's the voice of, of Shaggy, but am I going to wonder what's going on in his personal life to, to enjoy his performance as Shaggy more? Hell no. No. You know, that's one of the things where I think that's a detriment of today's age in technology right now is we're so concerned with, like, everybody says they hate Tom Cruise now. And they hate Tom Cruise because of whatever his beliefs are, whether he's a Scientologist, whether he's a, well, whatever he is. I don't 
give a crap. I mean, unless Tom Cruise turns into a, you know, mass serial killer, I don't give a crap what he does in his personal life as long as he's making good movies. As long as he keeps pumping out Mission Impossible movies, I'm happy. See, my whole issue with Tom Cruise is that, you know, he divorced Katie Holmes. So he's an idiot (laughs) in that respect. But, you know, hey. (laughs) But, but see, but... But but that's my point though. I I care about what they do in the media that I watch. I don't care. I don't want to know about their per. That you know what I mean. I'm not really saying this right because heaven forbid we ever get an interview with Tom Cruise. What I'm saying <laughs> is their personal life is their personal life. I don't. I when I do an interview, I don't sit there and ask somebody. Okay, so you married this person this year. You had these. You know, I don't get into that kind of details. I, you know, I ask them. You know, where'd you grow up? Did you always want to get into the business? Were you always talking to yourself for voices as, as a kid? You know, those kind of questions. Yeah. And, you know, um, and when I say I don't care about their personal lives, uh, and, and this goes for anyone in the entertainment industry, um, it's not that I don't care, but what I'm focused on is the media that they produce. Yeah. And when you know, they're when they're not around to produce that media anymore, the stuff that you enjoy, then it becomes detrimental, and it, it, it's well, you kind of wonder what happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you kind of wonder what happened to him. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe Casey came out of retirement a little bit to be on his daughter's podcast. Uh, I think this was sometime 2009, 2010. I would have to look it up and see, but I do remember hearing him. On on Carrie Kasem's podcast, um, but I, I would have to do more research on that. Yeah, uh, but overall, I mean, Casey Kasem, he's an amazing person. He's an amazing guy. Um, the you know sadness of his life, uh, you know how. I guess I, I I'm just gonna go ahead and read this from Wikipedia uh, about his illness and death. It's the only way I can get the information across properly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In October 2013, Carrie Kasem said her father was suffering from Parkinson's disease, which a doctor had diagnosed in 2007. A few months later, she said he was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia, which is often difficult to differentiate from Parkinson's. Due to his condition, he was no longer able to speak. Uh, his health uh, worsened in 2013. Jean Kaysen prevented any contact with her husband, particularly from his children, under his first marriage. On October 1st, Carrie, Mike, and Julie protested in front of the Kaysen home, having not been allowed to contact in contact with their father for three months. Some of Casey Kaysen's uh, longtime friends and colleagues, along with his brother, uh, Mauner, Mauner uh, also joined the demonstration. A few days later, on October 7th, Julie and her husband... Dr. Jamil, I don't even know how to say his name, filed yeah. a conservatorship petition to place her dad under their care, but the court denied their petition. Uh, the feuding between Jean Kasem and her stepchildren continued for months over issues from uh, visitation to Casey's care and his best interests, much of which spilled into court. Um, see, the, here's the thing. I don't know anything about Jean Casey. Um, or Jean Kasem. I don't know anything about her. I don't care to know anything about her. All as I know is I'm on the side of the children. If you're going to sit there and be a bitch and not let you let the the kids see their father, you know, be, just because they're kids from a first marriage they're, they're, that they're not your kids, that's that's a little ridiculous. Oh yeah. I do remember there was a video online after the, the thing, um, the story about him going missing. Uh, uh, where Julie Kasem just said, you know what, we don't care about the, you know, we, we don't care about the money. We just want our dad. That's yeah. all we want. You know, and uh, I mean, that guy, I, I don't know. I don't even think Wikipedia, I hope Wikipedia doesn't list his his worth here. Um, no, they don't. Thank God. I don't, I don't know what Casey Kasem's net worth was. And honestly, I don't care. Um but I know. I mean, a sixty-year career. He's gotta. Ha- I mean, he's gotta have a decent amount. You know. Yeah, I mean, he, a, he was never a stupid man. He, he obviously, no. I don't think he squandered it at all. Oh no. You know, and I don't think his kids were out to be. You know, the muddy grubbing. Mm-hmm. You know, vampires that Gene is trying to paint them to be. I think. You know. It's, yeah. No, not at all. <sighs> um. 
but his yeah before he retired well he retired from AT40 in in 2009 in 2013 was his last role as um as Colton Rogers Shaggy's father in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated um he did do a short in 2013 as well but I I don't know anything about that um but I mean you know he's had so many different things um he was flaky flake he was flaky fakem in Tiny Toon Adventures <laughs> yes. in the Harry's Hampton episode. You know, I mean just one of my favorites that they make mention of. It, 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 and this is one of the hilarious things on IMDb is that when you go and you search for Casey Kasem, the first thing that comes up, like the first title Mm-hmm. Never mind that he did Shaggy for you know umpteen million years. <laughs> they they put him as a big thing for Ghostbusters. I think he had like what one line <laughs> he was on the radio in the background. Yes, he's reading off he's reading off what happened with the with the uh, Ghostbusters. How they came and they they busted a ghost at a uh, at like some sort of dance club. And then they decided to stay afterwards to to boogie down with with the patrons. <laughs> And I'm just like listening to this, I'm going, okay, that's it, and that's the what they're making the big deal out of is that he was that little short thing in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I I, I love the man, you know, but it, it, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and the other thing, you know, we you know we talk about Cliff Jumper, but the other thing with um with Transformers that uh, that really. Uh, made a kind of impression on me. They didn't use it much, but he is the voice of Teletran 1. Yes, I forgot about that. Because um, I, I, I remember the very first episode when they, when they that first three-parter, More Than Meets the Eye, when they reactivate in 1984, uh, you know, Teletran 1 sends the Sky Spy out, and I just remember hearing his voice, and I'm like, oh, that is so friggin' cool. But no, I mean Casey. Like I said before, he's he's touched all of us in some way or another. And I, I honestly, I haven't listened to a count, a radio station countdown in a long time. I mean, I, I didn't even miss. I, I I didn't I didn't even catch his his last show in two thousand nine. Um, but I do remember every Sunday waking up. I think I'm trying to remember. I think. AT40 used to be like it used to be like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning um, and then there was a point where I think America's top 10 or, or, or AT20 was on at like 6 at night or 8 at night I do remember I do remember that there was at one point the Casey Kasem show was on from 8pm to, to midnight eastern time um, oh yeah but uh, I loved listening countdowns back then and I, I it's not because he's not on them anymore it's not because it's Ryan Seacrest doing it now I just I'm not when it comes to music in me I just don't get into the current uh, unless it's a rock band that I like like and I know I'm going to get flack from this I know people are going to roll their eyes unless it's like Nickelback or Three of a Dead Man or Lifehouse or Blackstone Cherry or uh, Shine Down or uh, you know, bands that I've you know known for a while. I don't listen to a lot. I I listen to a lot of old stuff. I like old oh. stuff as in like 2010 and and beyond. You know, past. It's just you know, it oh, just yeah. it's just one of those things where I, I don't know. Have you listened to any of the new stuff at all? Well, come on. We have Justin Bieber and the Jonas Brothers and Big Time Rush being the hot bands. Yeah, you know, come on, that's that's boy bands coming out straight from the Beatles, and you know that's that's in a whole other podcast there for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I did a twenty-four episode long run of Geekcast Radio where it's all it's a whole music spotlight. <laughs> I did twenty-four podcasts, uh, all various different music podcasts, a couple of countdowns, a couple of artist spotlights, stuff like that. Um, but it's just one of those things where. Unless it's Casey, unless it's Rick Dees, I, I, and I, I, like I said, I'm not into the popular music scene right now. Um, I more listen to, and this is bad, I more listen to stuff like, um, here we have stations called like Gen X Radio or 
one or two point three the max, which is basically eighties, nineties, and today. Yeah. Um, and they mostly play the eighties and nineties stuff. They, they they play some stuff from today, or like every city in this country has a station called Light one hundred six point nine or one hundred six point seven <laughs> or something. You know, soft rock, and that's that's like if I'm going to listen to the radio, that's what I listen to. I don't listen to rap. I don't listen to top forty because top forty. Top forty pretty much is rap at this point. Uh, yep. Okay, it it's rap and pop pretty much. It's you know Lady Gag me and Justin Bitchburr and and uh, <laughs> I mean not even the Jonas I mean Jonas Brothers whatever. I, they're not as atrocious as Lady Gag me is. I, I swear to God, have you seen any? I'm trying to think if I talk to you about this or somebody else have you seen any of the current season two episodes of the teenage Ninja turtles cartoon no not yet i i mean to i know it's on netflix now and i've been meaning to try and sit down and watch it i just haven't found the time is it on netflix i didn't i didn't see it last time i looked anyway um with the 2012 cartoon from nickelodeon uh they did an episode in season two and this isn't a huge spoiler they did an episode in season two uh called pizza face and it's oh, God. basically zombie pizzas that have faces on them. And as soon as I saw the episode title, I'm like, okay, somebody go rewrite the lyrics to Lady Gagme's Poker Face as Pizza Face. Please. I want a Pizza Face parody of Poker Face. Uh, but Weird it's just... Al. You know, it's uh, like Weird Al, get on Al. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Um, it's just one of those things where music of today unless it's a band that I've been following for the past 10 or 12 years it's not it's not what it used to be for me anymore no. and and with Casey gone you know may, may the man rest in peace with him gone it just isn't it's not going to be the same I mean we don't have no. we don't have the greats any, anymore I mean the closest that we might have to anything like that uh is is maybe Shotgun Tom from from out here in, on the West Coast? Mm-hmm. Uh, who who does for anybody who listens out here on the West Coast? He's on K Earth One Hundred One now, and I'm not sure if K, K Earth One Hundred One is being broadcast nationwide, but they do like your golden oldies, your your moldy oldies in a sense, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies type stuff. Uh, but you know, Shotgun was Shotgun was around, and he still is. He's still going around now. But he's probably the closest thing and probably one of the last ones that I would hold up next to, you know, Clark, Kasem, and, and so forth. You know, mm-hmm. there, there just isn't anybody like these guys anymore that are, that are known, unfortunately. No. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, Ryan Seacrest. Okay, let me, let me give Ryan Seacrest's thing just for a moment. He's had American Idol. And now he's taken over Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. And he's also yeah. taken over American Top 40. Yeah. Yay. Um, it, it's not the same, guys. I'm sorry. No, you it know. really isn't. I think, honestly, out of the current day people in radio, like major radio, the only people, I, the only person I would listen to do a, a Top 40 or Top 20 or any kind of radio countdown thing, Carson Daly. Because Carson has gone from... You know, this guy on TRL on MTV to, you know, just a real, like, he gets it. Like, he, he knows the business. He knows what to do. And, and he's a, he's a radio DJ that I could, that I could listen to as far as national DJs go. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this for Seacrest. I mean, he's, he's built something out of his American Idol career. I mean, no one ever talks about Brian Dunkelman anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I, I guess kind of final thoughts on Casey. The man will be missed. It's sad and depressing that he no longer had his voice. And I mean, he was, what, 82 years old? Yeah. I mean, he was getting up there in age, but, you know, and we... I, I would love – I don't have the time for this. I would love to sit here. If anyone has every single AT40 from the day he started to the day he – I would love to listen to them all again. I know I don't have the time to listen to all those shows because that's a lot of shows when you add it up over, yeah. over four or five decades. But like 
American Top 40 with Casey Kasem is now a time it's now a time capsule item at this point because if you go back pick out any year any year that he did that that AT40 and you listen to whatever week it is of that year I guarantee you the number one song is going to surprise you every single time oh yeah or or see this, or, or it's going to be a song that you're going to go Oh my God! I remember this song. I used to love this song when I was, you know, X amount of years old. Right, right. Well, you know, and and that's the other thing. American Top Forty, even now, it's week to week, and they go by, you know, what they go by music rankings of what what is hot, what is not, what is gonna make the top five. What you know, if last week's number one is now going to be number two or if it's going to drop to number ten. And that's what it was like back then when Casey did it as well. So this is not anything yep. different. But now, because Casey's era is over, for me it would probably be more enjoyable to go back and listen to a lot of those now to see Yeah. I mean this what, what this- was then. Yeah, yeah th- this really is the pop culture, you know, I, I don't know how else to say. This is what talking about my generation is about. We're talking about stuff from our generation, from from yeah. our era, it, to, to throw back and kind of say, oh, my God, I remember this. This is yeah. all what I've tried, what I've tried to do with this podcast is make yeah. people just remember. And I think that being able to look back over Casey's life and, you know, even just pull out just those little bits like you were mentioning Mm-hmm. that's going to bring you back to your childhood. That's going to bring you back to 20 years ago, to 10 years ago, even five years ago. You know, it, it's going to bring you back to a time in your life that you knew and that you enjoyed. And that's really what we're trying to get here for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at the the 90s when, when Savage Garden broke out. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I remember at least two or three or four of their original hits off their first album hitting that number three, two, one slots on yeah. his count. Like I remember those, the long distance dedications, I, just the fact that he allowed people to write. Well, I don't know if it was him personally, but just the fact that that show allowed people to write in, you know, each week to have him do a long distance dedication and play something that wasn't really on the countdown, but it was a dedication to them, you know, kind of like a dedication show, call-in show. Yeah. That was amazing. That's what separates it. I don't know if Ryan Seacrest still does the long-distance dedications. I, and, I, and I honestly have nothing against Seacrest. All as I'm saying is what you said before. It's just not the same anymore without Casey. No. Well, folks, I think that's it for this week. We're going to go ahead and close this show up. Uh, we will be coming back. I, I like this concept here, and I think we're going to be doing some more. Uh, Mike has made some suggestions that we do some stuff for Dallas and, and Larry Hagman. Uh, oh, my God. What was his name from, from uh, Jeff <laughs> Lee Jackson? Thompson. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Jackson. Wow. No. Um, yeah. Lee, Lee Thompson Young. He started out as a Disney Channel star uh, in the famous Jet Jackson t- television series. Thank you. Uh, he then moved on to other acting gigs. Uh, his most recent gig was the uh, – right now it's in season five of uh, of its run uh, with um, – uh, Rizzoli and Isles, uh, he was playing Detective Barry Frost along with uh, Bruce McGill, uh, Angie Harmon, and uh, Sasha Alexander. Angie Harmon has my don't heart, even, man. <laughs> don't even get me started, dude. We'll be here another hour and a half and it has nothing yeah. to do with Casey. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's a time – okay, Rizzoli and Isles is, is, is a little – it's not too soon to do it, but it's – because it, he – you know, yeah. Young died last year, um, but it's one of those things where uh, it—they're finally getting to it in the show, and you know, paying homage to the character because last year when the production was halted, there were a couple episodes after he died that they aired that were new episodes at the time that still had his character in it, and I'm like, but, but. Yeah. Why? And I and I understand, but um, but yeah, no, we've got some 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 interesting topics coming up. Oh yeah, and I still do want to return. I know that we had mentioned this a while back that we wanted to do four parter for 
Teenage Mutant Turtles. Ninja Turtles. So yeah. we'll be coming back we'll on that. We'll spread that out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll spread that out. And that, and then I know we want to do the He-Man and She-Ra. We've yeah, gotta, we got to do that stuff. God, that's got to be, that's going to be like two, three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll definitely bring you guys back to those because we want to talk about those and, and talk about some, some more favorite cartoons and such. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to finish this out here. We're going to have Casey Kasem sign off and we're going to have him talk about American Top 40. Well, now we're up to our long-distance dedication. It comes from a longtime listener in Massachusetts named Adam. And this is what Adam writes. Dear Casey, when the news recently broke that your shows would be ending, I, along with many others, were quite upset. After all, a lot of us have been listening to you count down the hits for many years now. However, I know there's a time when people have to move on. Casey, you've touched a great number of people through your shows, and you should be very proud of the impact you've had on our society. The radio waves just won't be the same without you. I know that I speak for every one of your fans out there when I say that we will miss you greatly, and we appreciate everything you've done for us over all these years. So could you please play Thank You for Being a Friend? I know it's a song whose lyrics ring true with all your fans, young and old. Thank you for being our friend, Casey. We'll miss you so much. Signed, Adam. Adam, here's your long-distance dedication. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way I'd like to share with you something I've learned over the years. Success doesn't happen in a vacuum. You're only as good as the people you work with and the people you work for. I've been lucky. I've worked for and with the very best.